Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Comexis Cast Daily. We're going to be bringing attention to CMOs on some different articles that they might have missed in their inbox at the end of last week and today. I'm going to kick it off to Philip, and he's going to roll with the first story. So uh, the one thing I want to talk about this morning is, is the modernization for ads uh, in King Digital's games. Uh, it looks like they're starting to bring ads back to part of their user experience. Um, I mean, it's clearly an, a, a topic that, that has a lot of value for game developers and, and everybody else that actually is now creating content. Uh, in a previous life, I worked for Electronic Arts for many years, uh, and one of the things we struggled with was monetizing our games. Uh, I, went for, I worked for multiple uh, massive multiplayer online games that had monthly subscription rates, uh, and then we started switching to a microtransaction model, which I helped you know, kind of create for a few of the games. So I've certainly seen how these, you know, these kinds of things can expand and, and how they work with clients, and we've done you know, more, more and more uh, you know, we did tons of research on, you know, how they worked and you know how people felt about them at the time. And you know, I think most people are pretty, you know, resentful of the intrusion on their gaming process. So it's, um, you know, in this case, what they're really trying to do is make it so that people need to kind of opt in to get an inherent reward for taking part in these. And I think, um, you know, the, the groundwork's definitely been laid. If you look at some of the, uh, you know, more the larger titles, Madden has some some of this in there. Um, uh, Electronic Arts, per, um, you know, is kind of set the standard for that. But um, you know, there's no, you know, it's no surprise that King's uh, owned by Blizzard, which owns World of Warcraft, and they certainly know how to monetize the game correctly. So, um, but I think the important thing to keep in mind is that you know what they're trying to do is really just make this a uh, you know opt-in feature for users, and they can kind of. Uh, instead of it being in the middle of what they're doing and kind of being something that stops the flow of the games that they're playing, uh, what it's saying is, you know, if you take part in this ad or if you react to this ad in some way, you share it, you view it, um, you're you're rewarded in some way. Like, uh, like a, the example I was thinking about was um, Electronic Arts. A lot of the games, if you watch uh, a video that's in you know embedded in the game itself, um, you'll get you know some sort of reward. I think you know, I play the the hockey the hockey uh, franchises, and you get you know coins that you can use to buy, buy stuff. So it's um, you know it's kind of a similar model to that. Uh, I think that'll probably continue to you know build that model throughout all their games. But uh, it's certainly something that we've seen that can work. Uh, I'll be interested to see you know what this does uh, compared to their ad revenue from the previous versions. Yeah, and I think it's really great that they're trying to um, give an incentive to their gamers. I think the article also mentions seeing it done more organically, like for Candy Crush, if there's a candy brand, just doing it that way. But I think for really, you know, ad buying purposes, getting them to actually watch something and just being strategic with the brands that they are partnering with could really help the campaign metrics as well as just give the gamer something like extra points or a power-up. Um, but I think it will kind of make some gamers question the brands. So I think that's something that they have to keep in mind. Who are they going to be selling their space to depending on the game? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the cool thing about, I and mean, cool in quotes, but <laughs> with King, you know, they've got candy, they've got soda, they've got all these, you know, ready-made, uh, you know, marketing 
partnerships available. Um, you know, the only thing you have to concern with is, you know, do you partner with a brand that competes with another brand, and mm -hmm. what kind of combinations those will be? But you know, the, the marketing on that in that case kind of writes itself. So, um, you know, I think Zynga is a good. Fo you know, everybody follows suit from them. They were kind of a cautionary tale with, you know, how build growing too quickly and kind of falling a little bit um, until they got picked up by active uh, by um, uh, Electronic Arts. So, you know, again, it's a uh, you can build towards a, you know, to a brand that can be purchased, and that additional ad revenue will certainly help, uh, you know, market the game in, yeah. in and of itself. So. And I wonder if they'll do something similar. I know I've seen on YouTube with an ad, they kind of give you a choice to choose the brand's ad that you want to mm -hmm. see. So that could be another way that they can make sure that they're not doing competitive brands or competitive products. Um, to kind of give the gamers another choice, just like their game, like choose your path kind of ad experience. I also think it's, it's and I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like the geezer in the room here, but to get these games for free, to play these games for free, users have to understand that they have to be paid for. This isn't mm -hmm. free. Yeah. Uh, now, I agree the pop-ups during the games when I'm playing, it's annoying. So if they can embed it within the game, I think that's great. But I do think that the first thing people do are the ads, the ads, the ads. Well, you, you want it for free, right? So, like, let's all right. Just watch Target's ad for two seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or and I do think it's up to the re, I think it's up to King and and the advertiser to make the the uh, the transition and the user experience much more friendly than it historically is. So I think that's good. But uh, I think it kind of works both sides. Like you, you can't expect to get all this stuff for free. Yeah, it mean, is a business. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, having been on the other end and just you know trying to see like, well, somebody's got to pay salaries, you know. Um, you know, and having switched from a, having been on a game that went from a subscription-based model to a microtransaction model, um, you know, you really do see people kind of resentful of that. But it's like, look, you know, I have kids to feed, you know, so somebody's got to pay for this, and, and you know, it, it, it's all just a matter of finding different ways to monetize your your your, your games and, and and what you can do with that. All right, and the other thing we want to talk about is titled, it's actually titled Linda Delivers. This is on the Wall Street Journal CMO Daily that our team here gets. And it's just a conversation about uh, Linda Yaccarino, who is the ad, ad sales chief at NBC Universal, how they've closed uh, roughly $7 billion in upfronts this year for advertising. She mentioned how this is the first year um, that advertisers are really going after data-driven deals. And I think that's all on the heels of the Facebook reporting errors, the Google errors in regards to transparency and how advertisers are getting billed. And if I'm correct, it was the CMO of Johnson & Johnson who was the one who came out and said you need to hold yourself accountable. So, you know, th there is some inroads here for traditional to make some headway versus digital. Uh, we stand here. I personally believe that traditional and digital are both needed for everything. Uh, I'm, I'm very loud in saying that I don't think traditional is dying. While I do think that the print is morphing, uh, and I think you need to reconsider that. I still believe TV, video, and traditional old-school advertising, you know, ad campaigns still work, and I think they can work tremendously with hand-in-hand. Hand. Frustrating part is when you deal with an individual this powerful, whipping around this much money, when she's openly just taking shots at digital and really kind of poo-pooing it, it's kind of bringing us back to where we were 15 years ago, you know, where this internet thing is really not going to take off, like the rock and roll thing's <laughs> not going to really happen. Like, you know, when you read stuff like that, it is frustrating, uh, because I know personally, we deliver great value to our clients. I know there's a lot of digital agencies that really do really good things. I think there's some unscrupulous stuff out there as well, but that, that goes for traditional as well. So it's just something I think as CMOs are looking where to put their advertising dollars, you know, going into 2018, you know, we do believe, I will say, I think your money should be more heavily in digital than it is traditional, but I still think traditional uh, is a play.
Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. And I think if you've ever been to an upfront before, you know, you might as well just actually try out dogs and ponies because it's really just about getting eyes on the content that they're trying to get people to look at. Um, but I think, you know, the controversial statements also help because you get people to sure. talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, but having worked at a network that had a massive new media department, I think the, the, miss, the part that she's missing out on uh, is how digital can complement the, uh, you know, the user experience for somebody who's watching a show on TV. I think you know, everybody knows now, and I, 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 obviously I can't make up the statistics on the spot, but you know, we know that people are on their phones or on their tablets while they're watching TV because TV, you know. That's like, like north of 70%, yeah, I actually yeah. think, yeah. Like Game of Thrones has become a viewing event, and that secondary channel that's open while you're watching the other, uh, you know, why not find a way to make those two things work together in synergy? I mean, that's a, you know, for me, if, I, if I'm a content creator at a massive network, work like that, I'm looking for a way to take those two things and integrate that into one channel. You're right. And there's two things that I tell people all the time, and I've been saying this for quite some time, but <clears throat> you know, if you have a billboard, one of the things we do if you have a billboard campaign is we want to optimize for that billboard campaign. So if somebody's driving by, say, a plastic surgeon, they're going to go to their phone and put plastic surgeon billboard Ben Franklin Bridge. They, that's actually how things people will search for things. Or if they're watching a TV commercial that they totally forget, company that had dog in commercial recently, something, and because you may think that's funny, but optimizing and being ready for that from a digital perspective is something that can help those advertising dollars where they're not just completely gone. Now that may sound like a little foolish, but why wouldn't you optimize for something like that? And that's it's one a drop of, of the bucket for your your your, your, your for your budget anyway. Who yeah. cares? So if it gets you one client with a good lead. You know, it's money well spent. Why yeah. not do something like that? I think it's just, you know, um, the traditional um, employees and agencies just being very cautionary to change. And I think that, in a way, they're kind of neglecting the data and the data that shows that it can support. And looking at how people are searching for things, like Len said, I think it's really important to see how it could benefit. And it doesn't have to be too separate. It doesn't mean one is killing the other. It means let us support it and build a full campaign around both traditional and digital. And remember, too, she's got a different perspective because she's in-house. So she's not an, an outside agency. She's not trying to sell her services to somebody else. And you know, who knows what kinds of pitches they see on a daily basis? I'm sure there some of them are probably ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you know, and if she's not controlling the purse strings and people are putting money into what she thinks are foolish channels that she's not getting a return on, you know, that may have soured her experience with it. And I, you know, I think we've seen some experimentation from some of those companies. Where, you know, the thing about digital is it's it's a new frontier. Still, you know, everything you're trying is something new almost. So, you know, things are destined, you know, so you're going to get a large percentage of things that fail. Uh, when you get one thing that you hit out of the park, it's going to be a massive success. So, you know, uh, that might be a sour thing for her as well because, you know, maybe they've put a ton of money down that hole and it hasn't you know, really gotten back for them any sort of return. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is, is about it is I think the frustrating part for traditional marketers, while we still believe it's relevant, is that, it, while it will drive brand awareness to us, it's more of a it's moving more to a brand supporting type thing. Like I think once your digital's in place, because ninety three percent of people start a search at a search engine, once you have the traditional in place, I believe at that point you then start looking at traditional to support like automobile dealerships and things like that. I think that's when it really really pays off and works for you. But if you have a hundred thousand dollars in quarter one of two thousand eighteen and you're saying okay, the heck with it, we're going to go do a traditional campaign. Well, you, you, that's you're going to fail. 
Great. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this morning for Comexis Cast Daily. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode where we'll talk about the newer trending topics. Thanks so much.